Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey, everybody, it's Anna. And it's Ashley. Oh my gosh, you guys are in for a treat today. Who needs some parenting advice? Me. Oh, Lordy. Okay. These past couple months have been so tough on all of us. I know anyone listening, we all need some parenting advice. So enter my friend, my, like we have, she's become a dear friend, Sue Groner. She is the parenting mentor. She founded this company. She also wrote and published an amazing, like number one new release book called Parenting with Sanity and Joy, which provides clear and easy instructions on how to handle yourself as a parent without sucking the joy out of the parenting <laughs> journey. Sue, I am so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Thanks. We're really excited to have you here, Sue. And because um, I have to tell you from the get-go, I've never parented with sanity. I don't even know what that is anymore. I feel <laughs> like it's the God's honest truth. I don't even know. I know. And that's, I think that's probably what our audience is like. How do you parent with sanity? Because we've all gone through, gone through these past, you know, almost a year now of an insane time in our lives. So before we dive into that and unpack the sanity versus insanity, Sue, can you just tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a parenting mentor? Sure. Yeah. In a pretty circuitous way, I will say Um, it was never something that I kind of planned on at all. I have a business background. I was marketing and advertising for a long time. I've done consulting. I've had my own businesses. um, And, you know, and then I was also doing that, you know, raising two children of my own who are now 21 and 23. And there was a period, I will say, that, you know, maybe during middle school years that were really tough for me. And I was one of those crazy, stressed out, anxious moms. And, you know, really wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. And throughout that period, I tried to figure out what was going on and why I felt the way I did. And, You know, eventually I saw that my kids were changing kind of on their own and I took this step back and I'm like, wow, you know, they're really evolving in such a cool way. And all that stress and anxiety was for naught. And Mm. I, I really started to delve into it and realized that, you know, I could help a lot of other parents not do what I did, not feel the way I did. And, you know, so I started thinking that this should become something and I just kind of played around and people would ask me for advice and I would share it and say, give me your feedback. And, you know, and eventually people said, you're really good at this. You should start Mm. a business. And Parenting Mentor was born. So so what is the number, what is the number one question you are asked by parents? Like, what's their biggest problem? Yeah, good question. Yeah, you know what? (laughs) I wish I could answer that question. And I can't because, you know, I deal with kids that are, you know, with parents who have kids anywhere from two to adult children. Mm -hmm. And but I will say one of the underlying themes is that our kids aren't behaving the way we want them to. 
And I don't mean behaving as behavior or bad behavior. They're not doing what they want, what we expect them to do. They're not achieving necessarily in the way we want. They don't want to be a doctor or they don't like this particular sport or maybe they don't like any sports. Maybe they're a quiet kid. Maybe they're, you know, and you're outgoing. Like they're just not fitting into, you know, Ashley, you know, I say this all the time, you know, this engineering project. You can't have these expectations and design for your child because then because it's never going to work. Isn't that that funny? Because I feel like like I feel like like going looking back on my life, I kind of feel like my parents thought that about me. And now I'm I'm thinking that about my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you get out of that cycle. Because I always said I was never going to be that way. And now I kind of think I am, which is to my detriment, to my detriment. Yeah. So I guess like that, and that's a great point, Anna. Like, and Sue, this is something that you've personally helped me with how to get out of that cycle. Like that cycle of you have this vision for how you think your kids should be and what, what activities they should be involved with. And like you said, engineering them. And in so many ways that could be like helicopter parenting them. How do you break that cycle of trying to engineer your kids? Well, first you have to take a step back and think to yourself why you want to, why Mm. this matters so much to you. Right. And the chances are it goes. And that's why I say the 18 year engineering project is because we think if they do all these things, they will get into a good college then they will get a good job and have a happy life. The yeah. End, you know? yeah. And that's not true. Okay. First of all, you can't do the engineering part. And even if you do and they excel at everything, they still might not get into that good college. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so true. they certainly aren't going to pre- be prepared for a happy life. That's why I say instead of the engineering project, think about your role as a parent as raising kids who are resilient and self-reliant with good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms, right? If we do that, then all of a sudden, all the things that we see as problems become opportunities for our kids to develop resilience, right? If we don't let them have adversity in their lives, Mm. if we don't let them forget their homework and maybe, you know, get penalized a grade, well, we don't give them the opportunity to learn from that, to develop new skills, problem solving skills, right? To develop, if we don't, if we fix everything for them, they don't get the chance to learn to be resilient. Well, I I guess one question, and these are all such amazing points. I feel like parents put a lot of pressure on themselves um, to engineer their kids because of societal norms and expectations. Like my kid needs to be in all the sports. My kid needs to be like, just to give you an example. And this is something, again, you've helped me with. Like I grew up with a dance background. I I danced all through college, after college, I taught dance. So I have three young girls at home. They were all in dance. And then this year they were like, mom, I don't want to do dance. No, three of them broke my heart. And I kept them in it because I personally wanted them to be in it because I, as a child and growing up, sought so much joy from it. But then what I've learned from you is that like, 
they're their own individuals. I can't force them or engineer them to love dance. And so I let them drop it because it wasn't their choice. I enrolled them in dance and they didn't want to do it. So now they're not in dance and they're so happy. They still dance around the house, but they do it in a way that they love and they're thriving because of it. Yeah. So like, talk to us about like, do you think that parents have these like engineering expectations because of the pressure that we face in society to like have our kids get in the best school, have our kids be be in the like gifted and talented classes, have them be the best dancers, have them be the best at sports. Like, so we have bragging rights. Like, I'm just wondering like where society's expectations play into this. Listen, you know what? We live in a very competitive, high pressure society. And so, yes, it will take work to say, I don't care. I'm not going to follow that. And what's more important to me is that my kids learn these skills that will help them in their life in general, right? You don't want to have a kid who gets to college who's excelled, who's great at writing a paper and taking an exam and doing extracurricular activities, but God forbid something happens that they get a bad grade or they don't get a part in a play or, you know, they lose their match. And they have to call mommy and like they completely mm-hmm. fall apart. And believe me, this is happening all over universities. The, mm-hmm. I mean, for my own children's experiences that the wellness departments, you know, the counseling services are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because these kids have no skills to deal with what gets thrown at them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... That's the answer to that piece. The other part with like, you know, you having these expectations for dance, right? Mm-hmm. I had expectation that my daughter, when she begged to play piano, would love it. I was always, I was the kid, my mom would come on, you have to stop practicing now and come up for dinner. You have to stop playing and get your homework done, right? It was, I yeah. wanted to play and play and play. And I said to my daughter at one point, I'm like, you know, it doesn't like, why don't you want to play more? And she looked at me, you know, she was young. She was wise too. She's taught me a lot, but she said, mom, I just don't love it the way you do. Mm. And that was the moment that I realized she's not a mini me, but it was such an important moment for me that I was like, oh my gosh, just because I love it. And you're my daughter doesn't mean that you're going to love it. And Mm -hmm. I think you're right, Sue, but I also think, too, I mean, and all of us are, are guilty of this, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think what, what's wrong is then we don't realize when to let it go, because we all have this. It's just that, you know, when you find out that you're having a child, and then you realize you're having a daughter or a son, at least for me, my daughter was like, oh, gosh, I, I love so many of these things, and I wanted to share these things with her. Not so much that I wanted to impose them upon her, but I wanted to share them with her. And my daughter, I love her. She's amazing. She's a pain in my arse, and I love her dearly. Um, But um, she likes so much of what I like, but not the way I like it. Mm -hmm. So I wish that I could share those things with her. But then I kind of look back at her and I think, gosh, the way that she's pushing me away is exactly what I did. So she ended up being just like me after all. Dang it. You know, and I didn't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or just something for me to try to figure out. I don't know. It's so easy to to switch because Mm -hmm. all you need to do is say, 
Listen, my son took up rowing in high school and it was so much fun for me to be a spectator for that. You know, I had never done that. I had no, you know, nor, nor had my husband. And, you know, the experiences that we get as parents and to learn from our kids when they get involved in something that we didn't mm-hmm. is also a really great opportunity for us and can bring so much joy to us. And so I think we have to remember that too. Listen, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with exposing our children to the things that we love, you mm-hmm. know, and we can just show them, you know, Ashley, you could, you could show your kids when they were little pictures of you, you know, videos of you dancing. Yeah. You know, yeah. You could just teach them little fun, you know, TikTok dances, which they probably would love to do with you, but mm-hmm. they don't, sometimes kids just don't want to do it because their parents were so intensely into it that right. they don't even know there. And sometimes mm-hmm. they just know what they want. And the less we care, mm-hmm. the less we show we care, the better. You know, I wanted my daughter to dance because I just had that like ridiculous, you know, heteronormative expectation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and she went to a birthday party that was Kung Fu when she was like at the end before first grade and she left there and she's like, I want to do Kung Fu. And I'm like, okay, cool. And dance, right? (laughs) I want to do Kung Fu. And I said, and dance, you know, Kung Fu a year and a half, pretty intensely. Like, and I think she just had this inner sense that she wanted to have, you know, the power and, whatever it was she loved it and then she wanted woke up one day and said I want to be a competitive figure skater and I'm like okay let's happy to get you a couple of skating (laughs) lessons so you can sing and she did and she did that for a year and a half and she won her little gold medal and she was really strong and fearless and you know started a little dance and then you know of Mm. course you know the fourth go around or she came back from camp and we bought her the you know really high level skates and you know and after about two weeks I looked at her and I'm like "Mm, you're not really into this are you and she said no and I said okay you're done you don't have to do it and you know part of me and that this leads me to like a thing I don't think we've discussed but this whole idea of quitting yeah I want to talk about that yeah let's let's talk about that because the whole thing of quitting gets us parents really bad, you know? And mm-hmm. I was thinking, wow, we just spent all this money on all these lessons and, you know, ice time and figure skates and now you want to quit? It was like, and then I'm like, why do I really care? Like, God knows, like, if you keep it up, it's going to cost us a ton more money. And like, <laughs> you know, and who cares if you don't love it, you shouldn't do it. And all the thing I cared about was two days a week of physical activity. And that's why I said, fine, pick something else two days a week. And she did go to dance and still dances also. And, um, you know, it really got me thinking so much about this quitting thing. That why do we, first of all, like, the word is so bad. Mm-hmm. It's like a real negative connotation to it. So, you know, if you're on a team you can't stop in the middle. You make a commitment. Right. Right. Stick with your commitment. That's what if I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. The commitment. Yep. Yep. 
listen, I always say to you, like, if you have the opportunity to test something out a few times, that's always better. But mm-hmm. if you don't, your kid is adamant, you can talk to them and say, fine, you know, let's give this a try. Do it for this session. You do it for this season. And then if you don't want to do it anymore, you don't you never have to feel that you have to stick with this. You have to stick through the session. You're a member of a team. That's important to everybody else. And that's a good lesson. But they have to know that they have an out. And yeah. And I think that it's important. And, and rather than quitting baseball or quitting dance, you're just saying, okay, I've tried this. I've had the experience. I want to go on and try something else now. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so opening, you know, it, it's the V. It's the V. You want your kids to have a life that looks like a V where, you know, you have more and more and more experiences, right? So. Mm-hmm. Start out little, trying one thing and more. And so life gets wider and wider and the opportunities get bigger and bigger. And, you know, I just was talking to a friend of mine whose daughter's a junior in high school. And she's like, you know, she needs to decide what she wants to do as a career and for college. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? Right. I said, kids who decide what they want to do as a career, once they go to college, they inevitably change what that is because Mm -hmm. they learn all these other things that are available to them where mm-hmm. they find interest. And God knows like half the jobs don't even exist yet that these kids are going to have. Right. True. You know, that's true. Like my son is, is also a junior in high school. And when I asked him where he wanted to go and he gave me the names of the schools, I realized it was because those are the ones that I'd always been talking about or they were around, you know, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. And I'm okay with that. I mean, he's, He's he's got to find his own way, but it's hard. Um, you know, it's 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 not easy to let kids find themselves. And I guess we're looking at it from the from the anachronistic eyes. I guess not really remembering or realizing how much we didn't know, or we forget how much we didn't know. No, no, because podcasting didn't, didn't exist. Right. And like, I could have never guessed it. Yeah. Right. And if it hadn't been for Ashley pushing me, I don't know that I ever would have because I think because uh, she was the one who talked to me about it first. Yeah. And parenting. I mean, uh, come on, like in a million years, like if someone said to me in college, oh, what are you going to be? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be a parenting expert. Sue. Well, I think it also so like. That, that this comes back to me, like personally, it's the, the idea of letting go because when I was a kid, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a TV pr- producer. I knew I wanted to be a broadcaster. I was hosting you. Like, my like, but, but, but here's where I have to let go. I, I had to realize that like my kids don't necessarily need to know like what they're going to do even after college. And that can change course a million times. Like if I look back at my life and really connect the dots, like, yeah, I became a TV producer. I did on air stuff. Now I host a podcast, but I would have never guessed that I would have been a business owner with specializing in nonfiction publicity for book launches. Like I, there's no way I could have predicted that. Um, And so that's where it comes to just like letting the kids and if they don't know what they want to do, like right now and when they're 21, when they're 25, that's okay. Uh, And that's what you've taught me, Sue. Kids hear the pressure, reduce their own anxiety and stress around this is to say, it doesn't matter. 
You know, when you get out of yeah. college, you'll get a job, like, and you'll try it. And, you know, you never know where that's going to take you. Try that. Mm-hmm. In years, then you can go on to something else, and then you can go on to something else. Like, you'll find it, you know, and probably doesn't exist now. And, you know, don't worry about it. That's such a long way off. And, you know, life is much more fun and interesting when you take that approach. I mean, honestly, like, think if you like got stuck, unless you're like, want to go into medicine, maybe like, then you have to really take that course. But I know a lot of people who started out as doctors who went into business and use their, yeah. you know, how many law people have law degrees that don't practice law? Yeah, so many. They realize they hate it and then they get out and become like life coaches or something. (laughs) The more permission we give our kids to dream and experiment and try things. And so that's the same thing, whether it's with an activity or a kind of book or, you know, just dreaming about careers. Like we just have to back off. Mm. I love, yeah, it's such a great advice. Okay. I want to talk about the book because every parent listening to this needs Sue's book. So I'm holding it up right now. You can't see me, but it is, first of all, such a beautiful book with a cover. And this is what I love about it. You know, you think of a parenting book, you think like, oh God, I'm going to have to like sit down and read some like dense text. Not at all. This book has 101 simple strategies and you can pick it up at any given time, any like part and every page has different advice. So I just picked it up to number tip 52, talk about gift getting, right? So like Sue, I'm, I wonder if you could share with us like some of your favorite strategies. I know we have 101, but just for our audience and for the sake of time, what are some of your favorite strategies that you've dropped into this book? Well, the mini me one isn't one we already talked about. I love that yeah. one. Um, but the first one is, and this is like part really the sanity and joy to so much. The first tip, and it's the first tip because it really is one of the ones I love so much. Say yes with joy. So that doesn't mean say yes all the time at all. But it means that if you know you're going to say yes, if your child asks you to make them you know, a snack or drive them to your friend's house or get something off a shelf they can't reach or whatever it is that you know, no matter what you are going to do, that instead of responding with, fine, give me a minute, right? You say, sure, I'd be happy to, give me a sec. Mm -hmm. Not only does that make your child feel good, you know, or not badly about asking for something they really need help with, really will make you happier about the thing you're going to do. Like it mm-hmm. is amazing just saying it and you have a smile on your face when you say it, of course, will make you look at that thing differently. I mean, it's incredible. Can you talk? Yeah. Now I get to be in the car with my kid and we're going to have a nice little chat or I'm going to help them with this project and we're going to have mommy daughter time. Like it's yeah. it really a huge, huge difference. I love this. This And again, this goes back to like how amazing this book is because you can really pick it up at any moment. And that's what us parents need. Like we don't have the time to like sit down and read a dense parenting book. If you're looking for quick hits of inspiration. So I'm going to go to um, tip 19, unplug as a family, which I think is so important. Talk to us about that. Yeah, listen, 
everybody loves their devices. You know? Yes. But it's also really healthy to be off of them, especially when you are together as a family. And, you know, rather than saying to your kids, okay, you know what? I've had it. You're on your phones all the time. We're having family time and we're going for a hike and you're leaving your phones at home. Okay, you're going to get so much pushback on that and it won't be fun. But you sit down with your kids and say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm really missing just our like outdoor fun family time. You know, we're not going to do it all the time, but you know, there's something to be said, you know, as much as I'm on my phone, gosh, you know what? I need to put it away sometimes. And you guys probably do too. Let's plan something every weekend where, you know, for an hour or two, we just go off and put our phones at, leave our phones at home and we just go off and do something together. Or we, you know, take this time and we play a couple of board games or whatever it is, engage them in the process, let them come up with the ideas of things to do, and you won't get pushback on it. And you're also acknowledging, mm-hmm. hey, of course you want to be on your phone. Of course you want to be with your, your friends and engage with them and how lucky that is. Right, right. I love that. I want to like, (laughs) I wish we had the time to go through every single one of these tips (laughs) with you. I have another one. We have time for like, yeah. I was in physical therapy the other day and my physical therapist said to me, we're really loving your book. My wife and I are like, read a little bit. He says, and you know, my son called me downstairs to see something that he built right after I had read this tip in your book, which is, in the forbidden phrases, it's number 73. Wow, that's great. Which you wouldn't think oh, would be yeah. something that would be bad to say. Well, why would it? Why is it bad? Well, because it's dismissive. Mm-hmm. Like, right? So, wow, mm-hmm. wow, that's great. Or, oh, you're amazing. Or, that's amazing. Or, it's mm-hmm. like, now I'm going back to what I'm doing. Or, but it's also giving external approval which we don't want our kids to rely on. And he went downstairs and he looked at this thing and he said to his son, wow, you must really be proud of yourself. And he said his son's posture just like, he stood up straight and he was like puffed out chest kind of thing. And and he said it was unbelievable how he changed from that and little one little comment, what a difference mm-hmm. that made. And it made him feel better as a dad too, to be able to say that. And then, you know, the other things you can say instead of, wow, that's great. is like, wow, I can see you worked really hard on that. Or, hmm, it's a piece of art. Tell me about that. You yeah. know, I want to know what you're thinking about when you do it. I love the colors that you chose to use. Like, and you're showing much more interest and engagement with your child. Right, right. So, you know, I, I love that. Then someone wrote me an email yesterday and said, they were on the kitchen with their kids and her husband just said out the word Ohio, which stands for only handle it once. And the kid went back, went back to the sink, took the dishes out of the sink and put them in the dishwasher. And oh my gosh, such a great moment. And so like, instead of saying, don't put your dishes in the dishwasher instead of the sink, you know, it's like a code word, Ohio. You know, it's not nagging and it's really great. Your kids, like when you take off your coat, don't put it on the floor because then you have to pick it up off the floor and then you have to go hang it up. Just take it and hang it up, right? You have garbage, just put it in the garbage pail. Like 
it's a very simple thing, but like, gosh, when you can teach your kids that, think how much, how much happier you'll be that they'll just respond to a word like that and hopefully just learn that strategy on their own eventually. Yeah. And Sue, um, to your, I, I love this. And I also, to your point of like n- responding to them by saying, Oh, that's so great. I've learned that from you. And I actually used that yesterday or two days ago when my girls made these adorable wreaths homemade. And instead of being like, Oh, that's so great. That's so cute. I was like, wow, this looks like it was a lot of work. You guys must be so proud of yourselves. I love the details on this. And they were like, yeah, I actually, I am. And so just to get that other response and validation, and like you said, it's like less dismissive than of like, than like, that's so great because that's so common that we say that. And it kind of, it's like empty words. So I've really taken that piece of advice from you and have applied it as a parent. And I have seen it do wonders for my relationship with my kids. Well, I'm going to have to try that now. Right, yes, so Anna, my, but yeah. my kids are older. Maybe it's too late. I've lost them already. No, I don't think so. <laughs> not. It's not too late at all. I yeah. was wondering, oh, that's so amazing. You know, and now when you start saying it to your kids, and then you hear other parents go, "Oh my gosh, you're like the smartest kid in the world!" Like it just becomes that sort of like, oh, "You're the." best whatever like yeah yeah. roll your eyes and go oh my gosh they need to learn this tip (laughs) yeah it's so true um well sue i feel like we could talk all day about your book and thank you so much for sharing this advice um just for everyone who's listening we are doing a book giveaway so stay tuned on social media sue thank you so much so we're gonna have one lucky winner but sue tell our listeners and audience where we can find more information out about you and the book okay well the easiest thing is my website theparentingmentor.com i'm also on instagram as the parenting mentor and i give lots of little helpful nuggets of advice on there the book is sold of course it's on amazon and barnes and noble and bookshop.org and your independent bookstores etc Awesome. Well, Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been amazing. I know our audience has found some very valuable nuggets. Yes, I have parenting advice. And so um, everyone go out and get Sue's book and go out, get it and then buy it for one of your mommy friends who needs it because it is such a great read, easy read, and we all need it. Um, So Sue, thank you so much for joining us today. You're so welcome. Enjoyed it. I, I can't wait to get home and try some of these tips. Yay. All right, everyone and listeners, thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate you and we will see you next time. See See you in two two weeks. weeks. Bye. Bye.